Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Uh, First Kings chapter number 21. Um, and uh, we'll read and then I'll explain. It says, and it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab, the king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard. Um, Apparently, Ahab's parents did not teach him that that's not the way you ask for things. Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near next to my house, and for it I will give you a vineyard better than it, or if it seems good to you, I will give you what it's worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord, God, the creator of the universe, is who he said, forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. And let me just make a statement here that what we have is not worth selling. What we have is not worth selling. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased because the word of the Lord, the word of which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him, for he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down in his bed and turned his face and would eat no food. Another translation says he put his face to the wall. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? He said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard or for money or else, if it pleases you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Then Jezebel said, his wife said to him, You now exercise authority over Israel. Arise and eat food and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. And for a few short moments tonight, um, I want to speak to you about the problem with offense. The problem with offense. And uh, tonight will be very different than how I usually preach, um, how I spend time during a midweek service, however, but I have felt very impressed in the Holy Ghost to share what I'm going to share with you tonight. And after Pastor Justin's message on Sunday, um, I have felt released to do so. And um, some of what I have shared, I've not shared publicly before. I've shared it with friends and family. And um, But I do believe that I have got a word from God for tonight for some of us um, to unmask the enemy. I believe in that the day and the hour that we live in, we have to understand what it is that we're dealing with in order to get victory over it. And if we just go to things and try to go to the mat and try to win victories without understanding what we're dealing with, we perhaps could be dealing with it again in a few months because we don't understand. But I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight that this, I don't know how this service is going to end, but I do know that God is calling us, um, the church, his church, to live a victorious lifestyle. 
He has not called the church to be defeated, and he has not called the church to live in fear or to live in shame. But he has called the church, and the Bible states that he is coming back for a church that has made itself available, that has made itself spotless. And in order to do that, you're going to have to live a victorious life. And so tonight, if I could, for the next few moments, I'm going to talk to you about the problem with offense. The enemy, and I believe that the enemy has used offense, and what I say by offense, I mean by being offended at people in the church, by being offended by people outside of the church or having things happen to you, but we let it build then much more than just a problem or a moment. But the enemy has used offense to stall saints, many saints, out of living a victorious, godly, overcoming lifestyle. And I also believe, and this is where I want to spend tonight, that offense opens the door for the spirit of the age. And I believe that an unchecked spirit of offense will lead to bitterness, and it can ultimately lead to spiritual death. So I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight to address this. I, don't, I just feel that God has released me to do so. I, this, I've had this message, if you will, in here for a long time, and I've never felt it, but I feel released to do so. And so I want to pull the mask back of the enemy on some of the things that some of us have been facing, and we might not have been able to identify it, but I believe that God is going to let us leave here in victory tonight. Our text chapter portrays the story of Ahab wanting Naboth's vineyard, and we see that Ahab wanders down to his vineyard and asks for it, and he says, I'm not trading it because that there is something of significance or value to it. And he says that those that have gone on, this is my inheritance, and an inheritance is not something that you should take lightly. For example, if there is something that is passed to you from generation to generation, it is meant that it was kept, and maybe there are some things that are, we receive as an inheritance, like our grandmother's broken teacups that were like, why on earth would I want these? But somebody feels the need to give you those as your inheritance. There are some of us that when we receive an inheritance, it's going to be a large monetary sum, and we're looking forward to that day. But there are some of us spiritually who have received an inheritance of sacrifice that has gone on before us. And Naboth is telling Ahab and he says, I am not giving away my inheritance. It is in the beginning part of the Bible that we do see that inheritance was swapped for a bowl of soup, if you will. And I do believe that there is a moment in our lives where we have to come to grips with what our inheritance is. Our inheritance was founded when God spoke the world into existence and then sent his son to die on Calvary so that we might have eternal life. That is our inheritance. Eternal life and hearing the words, well done, thy good and thy faithful servant is our promised inheritance. To walk on streets of gold and to receive a crown and to receive all of the great things that heaven will offer with no more sickness, with no more crying and no more tears, no more dying of eternal life. That is our inheritance. However, the enemy is trying to strip some of the church from their inheritance by allowing offense to seep in. 
Naboth comes to this moment where he has Ahab the king. And in those days, if the king were to say to jump, you would say, how high? If the king were to say, give me your finest horse, you would say, here it is. But Naboth, regardless of the consequences that were to come to him, he understood that his inheritance was much more than just giving it away. If you want to see God move in your life and you want to get the victory over certain things, we have got to count the cost of what our inheritance is worth. We've got to look at our lives and say, is eternity worth it? And it is. Is walking on streets of gold worth it? And it is. Is standing there and rejoicing and crying holy for the rest of eternity worth it? It is. But the enemy would try to convince us that we would allow offense to seep in the front door. But Naboth knew that what he had was worth fighting for. Even when the king offered him money, he said no. Even when the king offered him another garden, he said no. And he stood there and he said that this is worth fighting for. Number one point, if you're taking notes tonight, is that we have something that is worth fighting for. And when you have something that is worth fighting for, offense cannot slip in. Offense will slip in when you are vacillating back and forth and waffling back and forth and saying, I'm not sure about this or I'm not sure about that. But when you know in whom your inheritance is and when you know in the God that you serve, it's real hard for offense to slip in the front door. Don't get me wrong, the enemy will try to come to you and give you opportunities to be offended. Just know that, that that's going to happen. But Naboth has this moment, and he says, I will not let go of my inheritance. If I were to ask for a show of hands of how many in this room have faced moments of offense or people have offended us, probably every hand in this room would go up. And some of the offenses that have been transgressed against us are serious offenses. Things that have taken counseling, things that have taken time to heal. But the enemy has tried and will continue to try to use offense to open the door. And so we see in this narrative of this story of what happens next is Ahab goes home and he's upset by the fact that he did not get his way. And in my mind, I'm picturing, uh, I'm picturing just an overgrown child when I think of Ahab. Like, what grown man says, I didn't get my way, I'm going to go home and cry about it. I, I mean, I just had a birthday and I, I don't think I'm, I mean, sometimes I can be really immature, but I don't think I'm that immature where I would be at a 36-year-old man going home and crying if I did not get my way. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. But he goes home and cries and doesn't get his way. And here is the next thing, is that when a fence slips in, it opens the door for the likes of Jezebel. Because if you go back to our text chapter, I believe it's verse number 5 that it states, and Jezebel, his wife, came to him. 
Why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? He said to her, because I spoke to Naboth and he would not give me his vineyard. Offense opens the door for the spirit of the age. And there's Bible for this, and we're going to walk through this. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now, and I feel that some of us are about to get some victory over things we've been dealing with for a long time. Mm. Jezebel was evil, a horrible person, perhaps even demonic. She walks into Ahab and asks, what's the deal? He tells her, he says, she says, you let me handle this. So what we can learn from this is in what I feel that God has given me, and I will share with you where this comes from, is that when offense creeps in, it will always start at the head of the house. Fathers, husbands, you want to know why you face certain things and you want to know why? It's because the enemy is trying to get you offended because when he can get you offended, the rest of it just begins to be a waterfall effect. You want to know why head of household, single mothers, single fathers, why God, why the enemy tries to slip in through offense and through things that the enemy will try to stir up in your life because he knows that if he can get you offended, he knows that you'll begin to voice those offenses and begin to voice your concerns. Well, those concerns all of a sudden become doubt. And when those doubts begin to slip in, you begin to doubt whether or not God can hear you, whether or not God can do it, whether or not God can deliver you. And when that offense begins to slip in through the head of the house the enemy can do real fine work right then Husbands, it's important that we protect our minds. Fathers, it's important that we protect our minds. It's important that we have a place where we can go to when things aren't going or we feel that there's a certain check in our spirit that we say, I need to find a place of prayer. I need to find a place of fasting because the moment that offense begins to slip in, your whole family is at risk. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And this isn't in my notes, but I'm just going to camp here for just a minute. When we allow offense to slip in head of households, whether you are a single mom, a single dad, a husband, whatever it is, when we allow offense to slip in, we then begin to voice those things, and those things now are translated to another generation or perhaps to somebody else. And all of a sudden, now what was just perhaps a moment in time where somebody said something or somebody did something, those things begin to transform into something even greater than they were ever meant to be. And when that happens, the enemy sees that there's something to work with now. What would have happened if Ahab went home after that like a man, like the king that he was supposed to be, and said, you know what, that's fine. If he didn't want to give me his vineyard, so be it. I'll go find somewhere else to farm. I'll find somewhere else to grow a great garden. Why didn't he do that? Because there was the doorway to a fence and what he was living with. And this happens, and he opens the door, and that spirit began to take hold. That spirit of Jezebel, and then Jezebel goes to work and does what she does. And that assassinates the character of a good and godly man. Offense begins to slip in in the church. And we become offended. And if we're not careful, that offense can lead to trying to assassinate the man or woman of God's character. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When that slips in, 
that character assassination. Then what it was was, and if you don't know the story, I'll share with you, Jezebel went and made up a bunch of lies about Naboth, and they took him out and they stoned him. Let me tell you how this works. The end of 2019, you know, some of, most of you know the story. I'm not going to rehearse it. But in between, 2000, between uh, the middle of uh, December 2019 and the end of that month, I had a dream. And in this dream, I've only shared this with four or five people. In that dream, there were witches that were trying to stone me. But the stones were not harming me. They were bouncing off, and I actually picked them back up, and I threw them. And when I hit one of them, they shrieked, this demonic shriek. And I didn't really think anything about it. I was like, oh, there's victory coming. This is going to be great. Everything's going to be good. I'm not worried about it. But that wasn't to be in that moment. Well, Brother Aaron Bounds was here, and in the middle of his message, he just stops out of nowhere And he says, when the spirit of Jezebel is present, it tries to assassinate men of God with stones. Woo! And I said, okay. And I I just kind of was like, here we go. This is is it. And afterwards, he came up to me, and we were talking, and we were sharing this. And he began to say, he said, and I shared with him the dream. He said, this isn't victory over the situation. He said, you'll have victory over the spirit. So here's what I'm trying to convey tonight is this, is that when the spirit of offense opens the door to the spirit of the age, and in this case it was Jezebel, and in my case the story that I'm about to tell you was the spirit of Jezebel, what begins to happen is it starts with assassination of character. Then it drives the person to isolation, and then it drives them to a place where am I the crazy one? Am I losing my marbles? You look at the story of Elijah. Jezebel drove him to the caves, and he's sitting there wondering whether or not the call of God is real, looking for the voice of God, saying, God, where are you? And all of a sudden, the spirit of offense slips in and it assassinates Naboth because the head of household could not get things under wraps. And in this story, in this dream that I had, Brother Bounds said, you'll have authority over it. You don't need to worry about it. He said, you picking back up the rocks, throwing them back, causing the shrieking. He said, that was the authority over the spirit. Little did I know that just six months later that we would be facing in the youth group, we were facing things that I've never faced before. And the word of the Lord came back to me and said, you have authority over this spirit. Take authority. This is why we have got to be prayed up. This is why we've got to be on guard because when a fence slips in, it may come just as a little comment. It may come as somebody just saying something or doing something and they may not even know that they've offended you, but the enemy begins to do his work and begins to say, you know what? If I can get you just a little bit offended, you'll begin to say things, begin to cast doubt, begin to assassinate who they are, begin to assassinate their character. And if we're not careful, It will lead to death, spiritual death. And so Naboth is taken out. But here we see is that Jezebel does what she does, and the spirit of offense begins to take form. Have you ever noticed that when someone gets offended at the church and they, they leave the church, they don't ever go alone. You ever notice that? Nobody. They got to stir up and cause as much as they can to go with them. Why is that? It's because the spirit of offense cannot 
be by itself. So Jezebel, so here we are, Ahab comes home. Can't be a man about it. Has a problem. Jezebel takes it. She runs with it. You know what Jezebel does? She goes and involves everybody else then. You go read the story. She involved other men in the story. And then they go and begin to say things and begin to do things. And it's never just one person that the spirit of offense hurts. No. It's multiple people. And so we see here that Jezebel does this now. And then this leads us to the next part of our story is that Ahab, she tells him to get up and to eat. She tells him to get up. But here is the crazy part. So when it was, in verse number 16, it says, when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, Ahab got up. That translation means that he had been laying there the whole time. When offense seeps in, it paralyzes you. It clouds your judgment. It paralyzes your worship. And it absolutely puts you in a catatonic state in your relationship with God. You want to know why? Sometimes I... 2020, there were many Sundays, Pastor Justin, I didn't feel like worshiping. There were many times that I didn't feel like I was in the, I didn't feel like my feelings were in the right place to come and to lift my hands and to worship and pour my heart out before God. But I knew that the moment that I began to take a step back and who I was, and I'm a worshiper, the enemy would begin to take an extra stronghold with the spirit of offense. When you see that moment where Ahab could not get out of bed because he was so distraught, because he was so offended. And offense begins to open the door and begins to do things where you become, you can't move, you can't worship, you can't read your Bible, you can't pray, you can't fast. And the reason being is, is that because that offense has gotten so deep, it's creating roots for bitterness. And bitterness brings spiritual death if it goes unchecked. And Ahab gets up and only begins to rejoice when he gets what he wants. The spirit of offense never feeds what you need, but it feeds what you want. It feeds your desires. It feeds your needs. Your wants, not what God wants or what God needs. And I feel a heaviness in the Holy Ghost right now. But I have come to try and illuminate what you've been facing and what you've been battling for a long time tonight. And there are some of us that are going to leave tonight in this place with the victory that we've been looking for for years. Let's just lift our hands right now and just begin to say the name of Jesus in this place. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. As I stated at the beginning of this message, this is not how I usually preach. You know that I usually try to build faith and try to, try to make us feeling great. But I, I, I feel tonight 
and here's what I am, here's what we're going to, here's how we're trying to wrap this up is this. Offense eats away at your faithfulness, it eats away at your worship, your prayer life, your fasting, and it eats away at who you were called to be. It eats away at the very fiber of who God created you to be. God created you so that we would worship him. God created you so that you would worship him. You want to know why sometimes it's hard to lift your hands? I would be willing to bet that there's offense somewhere in that. The problem with offense is that if it goes unchecked, it will bring death. As the musicians come tonight, in 2018, 17, excuse me, it was an interesting year, and there were situations that had arisen and I had the opportunity very easily to be offended and I and I wasn't I didn't allow it to seep into my spirit and it and it hurt there were times where it hurt for sure but there was a moment and I, I've not shared this publicly before where when the doctors told us that we would not be able to have kids that it it was it was crushing and I'll never forget that shortly thereafter, when we found out that we were pregnant, my wife was pregnant, and um, a couple weeks later she had a miscarriage, I, I, was, I was angry. And I said, God, I remember going to prayer, and I said, God, that this was, this was our chance. This was, here we are, doctor said no, it happened not happening. Brother Bobby Wade came, you know the story, I've shared that before. But God still hadn't answered the prayer as of you. I'll never forget that I was one day when I was scrolling Facebook and there was somebody who had said some pretty horrible things to my wife and I. announcing that they were expecting the birth of a child. And I was by myself when I saw it, and I'll never forget it. I threw my phone down, and I said, God, I don't understand. Oh, I was angry. I was so angry. I was, I was angry. I was angry with God. I was angry with the situation. And God spoke to me. And he said, what will you do when I bless those that have cursed and tried to offend you? And in that moment, I had a decision to make. Was I going to allow the spirit of offense in through the front door? Rightfully so, I felt that I was justified. Or was I going to stand on the word of God and say, you know what? I've come this far. I'm not going to go offend, be offense with, filled with offense now.
obviously you know the rest of the story. Two beautiful daughters. But it was in that moment that God spoke to me and he said, your response to offense will dictate the anointing and the blessing and the favor of God. There are some of us in this room where the enemy has tried to use offense and he might have successfully. And we don't understand why we can't get the victory. We don't understand why every single service we come and we pray, we leave, and there's no victory. But it's because that little piece of offense is still inside of us and the enemy is still using it to come and do what he needs to do when he wants to do it. stand all across this room tonight. You see, offense unchecked brings bitterness, and bitterness unchecked brings spiritual death. And what I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight is this, is that there are some of us where the enemy has used the spirit of this age or the spirit of offense to reach into you. You look around our society right now, it is filled with the spirit of offense. There are posts all over. There's a fact, a hashtag that has millions of hashtags, hundreds of millions, excuse me. Hashtag I'm offended. Offense is a problem. But when it gets into the church, it will cripple and it paralyzes your worship. It will make your walk with God almost catatonic. You know what's crazy is, is that the Bible states that when Elijah came and told Ahab the judgment of God against his house, the Bible states that God spared Ahab from the death that Jezebel would face. Offense isn't just about you, but it's about a generation and after you. feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. And we're going to get ready to open these altars, but I want somebody right now to know that the Bible states very, very clearly. In fact, it's found, I believe it's in Romans 5 and 20. It states that the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, Grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And perhaps the reason tonight is so that you can realize that there is grace where sin did abound. You see, when offense comes in, it brings sin, it brings pain, it brings heartbreak. But where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Before we come to these altars, I want us to just lift our hands all across this room right now. And you might need to forgive somebody. You may need to release somebody of something that they've done. And I'd be willing to bet that there are some in this room that we've held on to things and offenses that the other person doesn't even know that it might have offended you. 
but I have come tonight to bring hope and to let you know that you can leave this house tonight of years of offense and heartbreak and tragedy and shattered dreams and shattered hope and you can leave this place in victory tonight knowing that the enemy has been trying for you, knowing that the enemy has been trying to seep offense into your life but when you stand on the word of God and say where sin did abound grace did much more abound And as we open this altar tonight, if you need to have an encounter with Jesus, I want you to come forward because he's getting ready to bring forth grace like you've never seen before. The enemy has been trying to seep into some of our lives with offense. Offense against the ministry, offense against people, offense against things that have happened and things that have happened years and years ago. But I have come tonight to tell somebody that you can leave here in victory. You can leave here knowing that the enemy has been unmasked. If I were to ask for a show of hands, how many in this room recently have felt an attack from the enemy of things that you don't normally feel. If you go back and you'd begin to look, you'd probably begin to see that there was something or a piece of offense that began to happen. Oh, I know I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. And I just want to tell somebody tonight that you can leave here, leaving it all at the altar, and you can leave here in victory. Every hand all across this room lifted up right now. First thing we're going to do is we're going to repent. We're going to say, we're going to ask God for forgiveness and to wipe anything out of our lives that should not be there. Because what happens after repentance is we're going to speak the word of faith for complete and radical deliverance from any offense that the enemy has tried to place. So right now, let's just begin to repent. Lord, we come before you tonight, humbly God, asking for your forgiveness, God, and for repentance, God, for anything in our lives that we've allowed to build, anything that we've allowed to take ownership where it should not. God, things that we've said, things that we've done, things that we've allowed into our lives, God, that aren't right, aren't pure, and aren't who you are, God. We ask for forgiveness, but Lord, we turn from our ways, God, of anything that we've allowed. And tonight, God, we are believing, God, that your grace is sufficient for me. Well, that's it. God is doing a work right now in this place. Let's just lift our voices now as our hands are lifted. Let's just lift our voices. We're going to release the word of faith in here for complete healing in them just a moment. But let's just thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.